This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa usalli wa usallim wa ubarik Ala Sayyidi Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Wa man sara ala nahjihi ila yawmiddin Brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I'm deeply honored and privileged to stand here before you all. Ladies and gentlemen, Muslims and non-Muslims who are in the audience, it gives me pride and honor to come here to deliver something to you. And I swear by Almighty Allah that it is from the depth of my heart. It is from the depth of my heart because we as Muslims we have been given a final message. And that final message is to convey that which is the truth. Which our Lord has sent down in truth with conviction and with evidence. Not just what I think or what Muslims think, but in the truth. This is why we believe that all the messengers and the prophets which Allah has sent to, these, to their people, all of them had to preach what their Lord ordered them to say. And whoever goes into history and reads about all the tribes and all the people that existed before, from the time of Adam to Noah, to Ibrahim, Ismail and Isaac, Ishaq, Yaqub, who is Jacob, and Yusuf, Joseph, Suleiman, and Dawood, David, to Musa, or Moses, and Isa, Ibn Maryam, Jesus, the son of Mary, and Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, peace be upon him and unto all of those whom God has sent as prophets, you will find that the message has never changed. It's never changed. I would like you to look at the way that I am dressed, the non-Muslims. You see a beard before you. You see a little cap which I am wearing. And you see something that looks like a long dress. We call it a long shirt. This dress and this appearance of mine is not something which I made up. You ask, why am I dressed this way? Why, why do I look this way? Why do many Muslims look that way? And when you search into it, you will find that all the prophets and the messengers, they dressed and looked the same way. Even Christians who try to imagine what Jesus, peace be upon him, looked like, even though we have never seen him. When you look at the portraits, go to any church, or look into any book that talks about Jesus Christ. And you will find that Isa السلام, has got a beard. He's got long hair. And he's dressed very similar to the way I am dressed. Or Moses is dressed the same way. Or Ibrahim السلام, And they're all from different tribes, different nations. And when you hear about Prophet Muhammad وسلم, a name which I'm about to explain, he also looked like and dressed the same way. If you go and visit 
our mosques, our masjid, the place of worship where we prostrate to God, you will find that the way we pray is that we bow our heads and we prostrate our heads down to the ground. This is bowing and prostration. This exists in all the Bibles, in the Injil, the Torah, the Zams of David, the scriptures of Ibrahim, and finally our scripture, the final scripture, the Quran. It all mentions bowing and prostrating. Jesus and Moses and Abraham and Muhammad, peace be upon them all, all bowed and prostrated. Excuse me for saying this, for I do not want to offend anyone. But if you were to look at all the religions in the world today, if you wanted to see with your eye, and you really wanted to search with a sincere heart, to know which religion or way of life still holds the practice of worship, which involves bowing and prostrating, you will find that it is only the Muslims. And this is in all the scriptures. The message, ladies and gentlemen, and brothers and sisters, the message has not really changed. If a message from God changes, then there's something wrong with it. It's not really from God. The message has to remain the same from the time God began creation to the end of time. And look, where is this message continuing? Just look at these two aspects. And then work from there. And I will leave the rest of the research for you to go into. After speaking or after hearing the lecture from our dear brother Abdurrahim Green about Jesus, son of Mary, as we believe in him to be, I would like to continue to bring to you the same message, but it is the final message. We believe that all of the messengers which Allah had sent, they were all sent to a tribe of this, a people of this. Jesus and Moses, for example, were sent to the children of Israel. Ibrahim in Babylonia, what is known today as Iraq, and then moved on to Masr, Egypt, and then to Palestine, where they all rejected him. Lot, Lot who was sent to the Sodomites, the homosexuals, and they also rejected him. And so on and so on. Thamud to the people of Ad. Sorry, Thamud and Ad. Also they had their prophets who were sent to them. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, however, who was he sent to? He was sent to all of mankind. Not just to the Arabs. I begin from here. In a time in the Arab lands, what we know today is the Middle East. In a time where people began to worship idols and carve them with their own fingers and hands out of clay which they took out of the ground or out of dates, dates which they ate or out of anything. They sculptured beings of many different forms and they began to worship them offer sacrifices to them swear by their names in oaths bring their children to them when they were sick to say oh statue cure my son 
in a time when they believed in superstitions. They really believed emotionally in superstitions. If a soothsayer said to them, such a thing will happen, they will believe it. In a time where the female daughter was considered to be a shame to the family, so the Arabs used to bury her alive when she was born. Alive. Without a care in the world. Because in a time where the shame of a tribe or of a family was more important than the life of a daughter, so they killed her. In a time where prostitution was everywhere, in any land, not just in the Arab lands, in Rome, in the Arabian peninsulas, everywhere. In fact, this was a practice which was very accepted. A group of less than 10 men would enter onto a woman, and then each one of them would have sexual intercourse with her. And then they would leave. And if she conceives, meaning she gets pregnant, she would call all these 10 men, and she would point to one of them and say, you are the father of this child, and he would have to accept. There were other women, prostitutes, who used to sit in their homes and would have a mark right next to their house. Any man could enter onto her, any man, have sexual intercourse with her. And then if she becomes pregnant, she would call upon all the men who she slept with. And then a soothsayer, a woman who knows, supposedly knows the future, says, I believe this is the man of your child. And then he has to bear the responsibility of fathering that child. In a time where tribal warfare was everywhere, the Arabs believed that to talk about a person's tribe is like fighting the whole tribe. They would draw their swords and, chop and, and decapitate them. Arabs used to sit with each other, for example. Let's say three or four different people from different tribes. And one of them would extend his leg. We call this the time of ignorance. And he would say, if anyone believes that his tribe is better than mine, let them try and return my leg, leg back to its position. And if one of them dead, you'll have a tribe, you'll have a, a war between two tribes. The social status was corrupt. It was gone, it was finished. Christians, yes, they also existed. Christians came from Rome and all around the world also found their way into the Arab lands. And they too practiced idolatry. The only difference was that they at that time, or as the Qur'an explains to us, they began to interpret the oneness of God. And so Trinity was brought forth. The belief of the Son of God was brought forth. The belief of Jesus being God was also introduced. The Holy Spirit and all of that was introduced and they believed in it. Yes, Judaism, that was a complete corruption there. Hypocrisy filled Jews. They transformed their religion into a commodity where they would make something permissible which God made forbidden or something forbidden which God made permissible just so that they can gain more wealth such as the Sabbath. They used to, God forbade, forbade them from hunting on a Sabbath and so they would place their nets in the sea on a Friday night and collect it on a Sunday morning. And then they would trade with it. And they would say, well, we did not hunt on a Sabbath. They would change their religion to suit them. 
Yet all of these religions, all of them knew that there was a last prophet to come. The Arabs, they so-called worship or follow the religion of Ibrahim Abrahamians. And they still knew that there was one God and they still knew that God is the sufficient. So did Christians and so did Jews, all of them. The pagans, the people who did not, who, who worshipped idols and other things, they all believed there's one God who made everything. But they all started to make representations of God on earth. And rather than worshipping the one true God, they worshipped the representations of God. But the most corrupt of them all were the Arabs, and I have to admit, and I am an Arab myself. The most corrupt of them all were the Arabs. They were barbarians. They had no structure, nothing. They looked down on women and traded women. So did Romans. And then, finally, a man arises between them, from amongst them. He is a man who was all his life, for 40 years, known to be the most honest, the most truthful, the one who has never lied, ever. And nobody could ever testify to that. Nobody could ever dare to say that. There is no proof. Everybody knew this man as being the honorable, noble, pure, honest man ever to exist in their time. His name was Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. His name is also Ahmed, the son of Abdullah. His name is also Mahmud, the son of Abdullah. And also Mustafa, the son of Abdullah. All which denote the meaning of the all-praised one and the chosen one. He would sit in the cave called the cave of Hira, just contemplating. Just like many people will probably be sitting here today. Maybe not knowing what way of life they are meant to be following. Maybe thinking that there is something wrong with the religion they may have. And so they are searching. It's an instinct which we believe that every person is born with that natural instinct. And then you are changed or your parents change you into a Jew or a Christian or a fire worshipper. This is what we believe. But that instinct remains. Questioning. Questioning. Debating your own mind, if you question yourself. Muhammad sat in the cave of Hira before he became a prophet. And he would ponder and, and contemplate, how did I come here? Who created this universe? Surely there has to be a God. God cannot be between four walls. God cannot be three, a third of, a th of three. God cannot be a son like me or anyone else. No, surely God is not that. My instincts tell me this. God cannot have a partner, otherwise everything I see, there will be, this sun would not rise from where it sun rises and set where it sets. The universe will be in corruption. There has to be only one being, one God. Until one day, he saw something in the sky, a being that filled the whole sky, everywhere. And everywhere the Prophet Muhammad ran away, he would see this. He was horrified, petrified. And then, all of a sudden, this being comes down in the form of a man and walks into the cave to him. And then hugs him really tightly. And says to him, Iqra. Recite. This man Muhammad, peace be upon him, was an illiterate man. He did not read or write. He never went to school. He never left the Arab Peninsula. He never left the Arab lands. He was an orphan. His father died before he was born and his mother died when he was six years. And he grew up with the noble people of the tribe. And this being 
caresses him really tightly and says to him, Iqra, recite. And he would reply, I cannot recite. And then he would caress him a little bit tighter and say, recite. He would say, I cannot recite. And then a third time, he hugged him really tightly and this time, the man, Muhammad, began to feel that all the words were coming into his heart and staying secure in there. And then the first verses of the final message, the final revelation were revealed to this man, Muhammad, peace be upon him. And they were, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلب علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم Recite in the name of your Lord who has created all beings. He created man from a leech-like clot. Read and your Lord is the honorable and generous. The one who taught with the pen, he taught man that which he knew not. From that point, Muhammad وسلم, ran to his wife Khadija, his first wife, who was 40 years old, when he married her at the age of 25. At that point she was an old woman. And he put his head into her lap and began to cry and shiver and say, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, put a blanket over me. And he would say, I believe that I am possessed. Such a thing happened to me in Khadija radiallahu anha. May Allah be pleased with her. Her wives should be to their husbands, supportive. She hugged him and said to him, O Muhammad, you are a man who is generous to the orphans, who gives wealth to the poor. You just equally between people who are in conflict. You connect tieship between relatives and family. You try to break nationalism and call to unity amongst people. You're an honest, truthful person who delivers the truth to all people. You are not a cheat. You're a noble man and known to the people. It is impossible that God, Allah, will deceive you or let you go or dishonor you. At that point he, re he reached support. And he gained support from his wife Khadija. And he knew that there was something special. Time passed and this being, he found out that it was the angel Gabriel. The one who used to come to all of the other messengers and the prophets. The one who used to say to Moses and Jesus and Ibrahim and Sulaiman and Ishaq and Yaqub and all of them, peace be upon them, call your people to worship only one God. Call your people to worship one God. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ And they were not commanded for anything other than to call their people to worship one God. مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ Sincere in their heart towards Him. This is what the angel Gabriel told all the messengers and the prophets. And this message has never ever changed. The Bible still states one God. The Bible still calls the people to pray to one God. Jesus, peace be upon Him, shows the people how to pray. He tells them how to bow and prostrate. This is nothing controversial at all. Nothing to hide. Nothing to be defensive about. You are humans and so am I. You are humans and so are the prophets. 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, peace be upon him, came to the people and knew his mission. And Allah, God, told him to also call the people to worship only one God. In that time, in that time, when people did not know who God was anymore, Allah says to him, say to the people, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدْ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ Say, He is Allah, the one and only. He is the eternal. He does not give birth to anyone, nor can He ever be fathered by anyone. And He has never ever had or will ever have any partner whatsoever, in any way, shape or form. True unity of Allah. True belief from the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With no ambiguity, with no confusion whatsoever. And he remained for 13 years, 13 years expressing this call, insisting on this call to everybody. And he called his family. And guess what? Just like the people rejected the prophets before, they also began to reject Muhammad And the first who rejected him were his family. The first Allah told him to call upon was his family. And he called upon his family, his uncles, the first of them, Abu Lahab. And when he said, I call you, and he said to them, if I were to tell you that an army was waiting behind the mountain right now, and is ready to attack you, will you believe me? And they all, all of them testified and said, yes, if you told us this, we will believe you. You are a truthful and honest man. We have never known you to be a liar. And he said, well, I say to you that I am a messenger from God. And he tells you to worship only one Allah, one God, and to reject all the idols. This was heavy. This was very, very heavy. Do you know what his family said? The first of them was Abu Lahab, his uncle, who used to admire him and love him the most. As soon as he said that, he said, Muhammad, is, is this what you are calling us to? You're calling us to worship one God and leave our ancestral belief in everything that we've ever... And they began to laugh. What made it more humorous that was, that was only one member from his family who said, I will follow you a messenger of God and I will obey what you have come to us with. Do you know who it was? His name was Ali. And you know how old he was? He was only eight or nine years. They found this more humorous. That a young child says, I'll follow you. And I will support you. They began to laugh and they walked away. Muhammad insisted and kept on going. Just like what Jesus and Moses and all of those other prophets did. Until they began to follow them and persecute them and try to kill them. This was exactly the same thing to the Prophet Muhammad If you do not believe me, read the Qur'an and you will find this. He preached and he told the Arabs to stop this, their, their social corruption. And finally, the verses came out one by one, hitting them and striking them like a thunderbolt in their own language, in Arabic. Their own language, which they used to take pride in. Their own language, which they used to make poetry and hang them up on the Kaaba, which we pray towards today, the most honorable place for all people ever to be. They used to hang their poetry up and have pride in them and sing them and recite them. There was nothing more better than the literature of poetry in, Arab, in the Arab lands. They knew all the Arabic styles until finally a man who never knew how to read or write, never knew poetry, came up to them and started reciting verses from the Quran, saying verses from the Quran which they have never heard before. 
It was in their own language. And they could not believe this was another style of Arabic. And they found it very heavily thrown upon them. Reciting verses about leaving idolatry, leaving the worship of beings which they carve with their own hands, talking about the stories of Abraham and Moses and Jesus how they said to their people, and why do you carve out of your own hands statues to worship them that cannot harm or benefit you? Talking verses to the Christians, saying, such as in the Quran, وَإِذْ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ مُصَدِّقًا مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيَّ مِنَ التَّوْرَاتِ وَمُبَشِّرًا بِرَسُولٍ يَأْتِي مِنْ بَعْدِ اسْمُهُ أَحْمَدَ فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ قَالُوا هَذَا سِحْرٌ مُّبِينٌ And remember when Jesus, son of Mary, said, O children of Israel, I am the messenger of Allah unto you, confirming, confirming the Torah which came before me, and giving glad tidings of a messenger to come after me, whose name shall be Ahmed, one who is praised. But when he, Ahmed, came to them with clear proofs. They said, this is just plain magic. This is all they could say about the Qur'an. This is just plain magic. The magicians came and they knew this was not magic. This is what all they could say about the Arabic words. Then he came to the Jews and said to them, وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أُنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ مُصَدِّقُ الَّذِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَلِتُنْذِرَ أُمَّ الْقُرَى وَمَنْ حَوْلَهَا وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ لَيُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَهُمْ عَلَى صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ And this Qur'an is a blessed book which we have sent down, confirming the revelations which came before it. The Qur'an confirmed all the revelations that came beforehand, so that you may warn the mother of towns in Mecca and all those around it. And he spoke to the Jews, saying to them, Why do you alter what God has sent down to you in the Torah? Allah says in the Qur'an, And when there came to them a book, to the Jews, from Allah confirming what is with them, meaning the Torah and the Injil, it was with them, the Gospel. And although before they had invoked God for the coming of Muhammad, they used to say, there is another messenger is going to come. The sign is the morning star which will appear. In that morning you will know that the birth of a new messenger has come. This is in the Torah. This is in Hebrew. We call him the Honorable Muhammad. He is like unto me, Moses said. He shall come to you. And so when he came to them, God says that they used to say to the people, another Muhammad will come to you in order to gain victory against those who disbelieved. When there came to them that which they had recognized, they disbelieved in it. So let the curse of Allah be upon those who reject God. They all rejected it. Yes, they rejected him. The Jews said he is from the Arabs. And we, the Arabs, the children of Israel said he is from the Arabs. 
And the Arabs came from a slave woman named Hajar, the second wife of Abraham. But we, we came from the original wife of Abraham, who was a free woman, and her name was Sarah, whose son was Isaac. How can we follow a messenger when all the messengers before came from the children of Israel? Most of them came from the children of Israel. But this time it was from the Arabs. They rejected him. And all the signs were there. So they began to alter and transform the verses. They rejected Muhammad sallallahu and they said, we are the chosen people. It has to be from amongst us. Everyone else are animals. Yes, we are slaves and servants to them. Try and become a Jew. And show me which rabbi will accept you to, to convert into a Jew. They will not accept you because you are born to be less than them. We call them al-maghdubi alayhim. The ones whom God has cursed because they knew the message and they rejected it. Not all Jews. But in general, we call the Christians, as Allah told us in the Quran, the ones who have just lost the way because they still want to find the way, but they're just lost. And we call them both a common word, honoring them because they received a very honorable revelation from God, which we as Muslims also believe in, but as its original form. We call them the people of the book, Ahlul Kitab. We call Christians and Jews Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book. Because you are responsible for that book. And if, you have ch and if it has changed, then the people of the book are responsible to answer to that. Muslim, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to all of mankind. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ بَشِيرًا God says to the to Muhammad, peace be upon him, and we have not sent you except as a messenger to all the people, kafatan, to everyone. This time to everyone. Bashiran, a giver of good news, of paradise, of the true God, wa and a warner of a punishment. Is this not the message of all the other prophets beforehand? What has changed? Nothing has changed. Just some new laws. But the original form is still there. This Qur'an which came to them, this was the final revelation. It was the revelation that was to change everything, to change all the corruption and everything which the people had in those times had now come to become accustomed to into a whole new way of life. The life of justice. The life of stopping people from degrading the women. From the life of stopping prostitution, of prostitution, from the life of worshipping many gods and idols, from the life of burying the daughters alive, to a verse of the Quran, which is not the word of the Prophet Muhammad, but the word of Allah, the word of the Quran, the word of God, saying, وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ وَإِذَا النُّفُوسُ زُوِّجَتْ وَإِذَا الْمَوْءُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ وَإِذَا الْمَوْءُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيْذَابٍ قُتِلَتْ When the sun, when the sun shall lose its light and explode, and when the stars begin to collide with each other, and when the seas begin to explode and cover the earth, 
And when all the beasts are going to be gathered, and when the all pairs will be gathered, and when, this is talking about the hereafter, the day of judgment, and when the young infant daughter that was buried alive will be questioned, for which crime was it killed? What was your crime? The daughter of so-and-so of an Arab. What, what, why were you killed? What was your crime? Islam came to stop this. Until the companions, those who embraced Islam, used to come to the Prophet, peace be upon him, crying. This is how much it entered their heart. They came to the Prophet Muhammad crying, saying to them, we used to bury our daughters alive. And Muhammad, peace be upon him, would also cry with them. And he would say, Islam, Islam wipes away all corruption that was committed in the time of ignorance. Because this final message came really as a final message of Islam to place the people into a new life, to reintroduce them to that which was lost. Because everything was corrupted. You might ask, why is this final message in the Arab lands? Why not in Rome? Why not in some other place? Because, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if you read in the history and you read in the Qur'an, you will find that all the corruption of the world centered itself and met together in that place in Arabia. The Christians and the Jews and the pagans and the fire worshippers and the soothsayers and sorcerers and superstitious people and the uh, idolaters and the, uh, prost and the prostitution and um, the, uh, the corruption of wealth and, and, and uh, the taking of wealth of orphans and the degradation, uh, degrading of women and all of that. All of that existed all in the Arab lands. It all sort of centered itself there. And it was the most harshest place for anyone to deliver a new message. Muhammad was sent there. It had to be a final message. It had to be. Because every time a message came, people corrupted it. And this time it had to be a final revelation that had to be the word of Allah, the word of God Himself. Yes, we believe the Bible and Torah and all there were the words of God, but not the actual speech of God Himself. Not His speech. This time it had to be in the speech of God because if I bring you a final message, this final message has to be strong enough to last till the end of time. Isn't that correct? If I say this is the final message, this is the final prophet, there will be no prophet after him. It has to have the capability and the strength to last at the end of time. Something which could never be changed, never can be transformed, that can, can, that can withstand the challenge of any time, any state, any change. It has to explain everything that would ever come in the primitive time to the technological time. And the Qur'an comes and says, the first words, I just recited them before. Read in the name of your Lord who has created. He created man from a leech-like clot. A leech-like clot. Alaq. Whoever knew that we were once upon a time, and I've studied biomedical science by the way. And I, saw, I looked into the microscope one time. And I saw the fetus at about four days old. And I brought the Qur'an. Allah says a clot, a leech-like clot. I said, that means, that, mean, that means a leech. The Qur'an is very simple. A leech. And I looked at a leech. Do you know what I saw in that microscope? I saw the fetus looked almost identical to the leech. And it was clinging to the uterus of the mother. You and I were once leeches. 
And that would let us remember where we really came from and what we really are compared to God. We were leeches. That thing which clings on bodies. When you see it on your body, you say, Ugh. We were Ughs one time. <laughs> so let man remember what he was created from and compare yourself to God. Who are we to debate Allah? This Quran, only 20 years ago, read in the books about embryology, who were written by non-Muslims. Only about 20 or 30 years ago, they discovered that we looked like a leech. And the Quran keeps going on and on. We're not here to talk about the Quran because we don't have much time. But this is just for something for you to search into. You read the Quran and you see whether I'm saying is true or not. And compare it to today's time. Does the Quran not still withstand and, with, and challenge every technology, every new idea? Every new idea. Evolution. Darwinism. Everything. Everything. It hasn't left anything out. Any new idea, any new invention. It tackles it. If it is wrong, it tackles it. This final revelation, and this is a challenge now, and I challenge those who are non-Muslims, and those who are Muslims, who have a doubt in the Qur'an. If you believe that this is not the final revelation from God, and that it is not the true revelation from God, and that it is not the true message and the final message, if you do not believe that this is the word of God Himself, and that it was sent of the Prophet Muhammad, and that it is the confirmation of all the prophets that came before Jesus and Moses. And if you don't believe that it is the truth, compared to the Bible, which is now contradictory and false today, then this is the challenge. Don't answer me now. I don't want anyone from the audience saying to me, this is a load of rubbish. If you want to say this is a load of rubbish, then answer my question. Are you able to find two different Qur'ans in the world there are two Qur'ans just two no, in fact, find two chapters that are different or try to invent another chapter like the Qur'an in the world, anyway I challenge you to find one and I tell you right now that you will not be able to you will only find one single pure Qur'an which is absolutely the same Qur'an that was sent down in the beginning, 1,400 years ago, unto the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And there are people who have tried to challenge the Qur'an, who have tried to change it. Yes, there are enemies. Even today, you see them on television, the media portraying the Muslims and making them look like terrorists and so on, which is already false and crap, to be honest with you. The Qur'an does not say that. A messenger who came out and stopped people from burying their infant daughters and, and bringing women to their status and giving them uh, opportunity to have a say and to be, become involved in decision-making and to connect blood ties and to reunite between people and to say there is no difference between an Arab and a non-Arab except in piety and to call the people of the book chosen a Christian is an honorable name the people of the book and to come to all of mankind and say to them all of you all of you can embrace Islam and can enter paradise and all of whatever you believed in in wronghood beforehand will all be wiped out and God will judge you in justice how? how? how could someone talk about the religion this way? Anyway, the Qur'an is only one, and there is no book like it in the world. When you find another Qur'an, or are able to produce another Qur'an in Arabic, in Arabic, because that's the way it was sent down, then you have something to talk about. But this is impossible. This is our miracle. Today and forever. It explains all the message. If you want to know the final message, 
in detail, read the Qur'an. And read what our Messenger Muhammad, peace be upon him, had to say. I would like to, with the, moment, with the few minutes that I have, to say to you that this Prophet Muhammad truly was the Messenger of God. He did not ask for any wealth or money, nor did he ask for any status or position. The people in his time came to his, to his uncle Abu Talib and they said to him, tell this man to stop his call and we will give him women. If he wants women, we'll give him women. If he wants wealth, we'll give him the wealth of all the tribes. If he wants a position, we will give him a crown and make him a king. Whatever he wants, we'll give him. Just let him stop from this call. They thought it was something like that materialistic thing. They thought that he was not a true messenger. And he came to him, his uncle, and he said to him, Oh my nephew, spare me and yourself and put no burden on me, which I cannot bear. I'm an old man. What do you think the messenger said to him? He said to him, Oh my uncle, by Allah, if they put the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left on condition that I abandon this course until Allah has made me victorious, or I perish therein, I would not abandon it. The Prophet of Allah got up and he began to cry. And as he turned away, his uncle called him and said, Come back, my nephew. And when he came back, he said, Go and preach what you please. For by Allah, I will never forsake you. And Allah said in the Quran, Allah will never forsake you. And he will never forsake all of those who follow him. This is the true message of the Prophet Muhammad. The true message of Jesus and Moses never changed. If you follow Muhammad, peace be upon him, you have followed Jesus and Moses. In fact, at a time when the Arabs began to want to kill the Muslims and make them uh, abandon their homes and drive them out of their lands, rape their women and kill their children, the Prophet, peace be upon him, had to send some of his people out to seek refuge in Christian countries in Abyssinia. And so he sent a group of Muslims. He said, there is a king over there, a Christian king, who is just and he will never return you. Say to him, our messenger sent us to you because you are a just person. And the people, the Arab, the Quraysh people, they also bet them there. And they tried to prove that, say to the king, that what, the, what these people are coming to you is blasphemous. Do not accept them. And then a man stood before this king. His name was Jafar. And he said, O king, we were plunged in the depth of ignorance and barbarism. We adored idols. We lived in unchastity. We ate the dead bodies and we spoke abominations. We disregarded every feeling of humanity and the duties of hospitality and neighborhood were neglected. We knew no law but that of the strong. When Allah raised amongst us a man of whose birth, truthfulness, honesty and purity we were aware and he called to the oneness of Allah and taught us not to associate anything with him. He forbade us the worship of idols and he enjoyed us to speak the truth, to be faithful to our trusts, to be merciful and to regard the rights of the neighbors and kith and kin. He forbade us to speak evil of women or to eat the substance of orphans. He orders us to abstain from evil, to offer prayers, to render arms and, and to observe fast. We have believed in him. We have accepted his teachings and his injunctions to worship Allah and not to associate anything with him. And we have allowed what he has allowed and prohibited what he has prohibited. For this reason, our people have risen against us have persecuted us in order to make us forsake 
the worship of Allah and return to the worship of idols and other abominations. They have tortured and injured us until finding no safety among them. We have come to your country and hope you will protect us from oppression. The king was very much impressed by those words and asked the Muslims to recite some of Allah's revelation. Ja'far recited the opening verses of Surah Maryam. It's a long verse talking about Mary, peace be upon her, wherein is told the story of the birth of both John and Jesus Christ down to the account of Mary having been fed with the food miraculously. The king thereupon, he began to over, his tears began to fall onto his cheeks. And then he said, it seems as if these words and those which were revealed to Jesus are the rays of the light which have radiated from the same source. Turning to his crestfallen envoys of Quraysh, he said to them, I am afraid I cannot give you back these refugees. They are free to live and worship in my realm as they please. But then the Quraysh people said to them, ask them what they think about Jesus. They blaspheme against Jesus. And then he said, tell me about Jesus. What do you say about Jesus? Peace be upon him. And they replied, we speak about Jesus as we have been taught by our Prophet That is, he is the servant of Allah. He is the servant of Allah. His messenger. His spirit and his word breathed into Virgin Mary. The king at once remarked, Even so do we believe. Blessed be you and blessed be your master. And then turning to the Quraysh, he said, You may fret and frown as you like, but Jesus is nothing more than what Ja'far has said about him. For all the treasures of the world, I will not give them to you. You may live in comfort and peace here. I would like to go past all of this to finally reading to you the final message, the final sermon of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, before he died. Well, if he is about to die, if you're about to die, and you have your last words of advice to your children, wouldn't you give them the best, most sincere and truthful advice that will not only be an advice to them, but will stay with them for the rest of their lives and for them to teach their children and their children's children to stay forever and ever to the best of your ability? What advice are you going to give them? You would give them the best advice. Muhammad peace be upon him gave us Muslims and all of you, those who are even not Muslims. Because Islam is open for everyone. Islam means to come into submission and obedience of your Creator. That's all it means. Isn't Jesus that? Is, didn't, was not Jesus that? Was not Moses that? Yes, they were. They were servants of Allah. They were. They gave in to Allah. And his final sermon was this. Please listen carefully. Muslims first and non-Muslims. For he was speaking to the believers. He said to them, after performing his final pilgrimage, after the Muslims had grown in so much abundance in only 23 years from no religion whatsoever to 144,000 Muslims had embraced Islam. And that was in that final year.
He called the Muslims and he stood and he said to them, Ayyuhannas, I'll read it in English. O people, non-Muslims here, are you people? He's talking to you. Listen. See if you like it or not. O people, listen to what I say. I do not know whether I will ever meet you at this place once again after this current year. It is unlawful for you to shed the blood of one another or to take unlawfully the fortunes of one another. They are as unlawful as shedding blood on such a day as today and in such a month as this forbidden month and in such a sanctified city as this sacred city, meaning Mecca, that's our most holy city in the world. Behold, he said, all practices of paganism and ignorance are now under my feet. The blood revenge of the days of ignorance, meaning pre-Islamic times, are remitted because of ignorance. The first claim on blood I abolish is that of Ibn Rabi'ah ibn Harith, who was nursed in the tribe of Sa'd and whom Hudayl killed. So he's given an example to his people of a certain man and saying that you're all the same. Usury is forbidden, which is interest. And I make a beginning by remitting the amount of interest which Abbas, his uncle, has to receive. Meaning he's not allowed to receive any more interest. What is yours, you take back. This is just. Verily, it is remitted entirely. O people, fear Allah concerning women. Meaning, treat them justly. Verily, you have taken them on the security of Allah, of God. And have made their persons lawful unto you by words of God. It is incumbent upon them to honor their conjugal rights and not to commit acts of, impropriety, of, of impurity, which if they do, you have authority to chastise them, yet not severely. If your wives refrain from, in, from impurity, from, in, from, from, from being proper, and are faithful to you, clothe and feed them suitably. Verily, I have left amongst you the book of Allah, and the sunnah, the tradition of his messenger, which if you hold fast, you shall never ever go astray. Look at me. Look at us. The beard is still there. The bowing and prostration is still there. We have not gone astray. O people, I am not succeeded by a prophet. I mean, there is no prophet after me. And you are not succeeded by any other nation after this nation. So I recommend you to worship your Lord, to pray the five prayers, to fast Ramadan, and to offer the poor Jew of your provision willingly. I recommend you to do the pilgrimage to the sacred house of your Lord and to obey those who are in charge of you. Then you will be awarded to enter the paradise of your Lord. And if you were asked about me, what, one, what wanted you to say? What I wanted you to say? Sorry, he said, have I conveyed the message to you? Have I fulfilled my message to you? He was not talking about his... his, uh, uh, his um, He's not talking about his achievements. He didn't stand there saying, I've accomplished this and achieved that. No. He's saying to them, pleading to them, saying, have I fulfilled my mission, my people? Have I fulfilled it? He wanted to hear it. And they all said, 144,000 people with the echoing of the mountains, 
They said, Nashhadu annaka qad ballaghta wa addayta wa nasahat. We bear witness that you have conveyed the message and discharged, and discharged your ministry. And then the Prophet peace be upon him replied and pointed to the sky, meaning to God. And he said, Allahumma fashhad. And then he pointed to the people. Allahumma fashhad. Allahumma fashhad. O oh Lord, bear witness that I have conveyed. Bear witness that I have conveyed. Bear witness that I have completed my mission. After that, it was only a few months when the Prophet peace be upon him died. And I end up finally with this. We spoke about Jesus, peace be upon him, how he came. We do not believe that he was killed or crucified, but God lifted him to him as stated in the Quran, which I challenged you to prove wrong. Stated in the Quran, Allah said that he lifted him to him. But another person was placed in his place to be killed and did not kill him out of conviction, meaning they had doubt in whether it was Jesus or not. Our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, tells us, and Jesus, peace be upon him, will return. When? Very, very soon in our time. At a time when all the corruption that Islam stopped will return. Homosexuality. Shame of tribes. Bearing of infant daughters. Degrading of women, such as in India or Pakistan or other places. Yes, this is still practiced. And every other thing which every other prophet stopped, it all has returned. Finally, Jesus, peace be upon him, will return, he said. And he will fight the Antichrist. This is a long story. And he will enter into the mosque, the white mosque with the white minaret in Syria, where we Muslims will be praying behind a common leader. His name is Al-Mahdi. And Jesus will come down from the sky, from heaven, with two angels carrying him, with two white pieces of clothing. And he will enter into the masjid, this mosque. And he will... And everyone will move away for him. And they will say, lead the prayer, for you are our leader. You know what Jesus, peace be upon him, says? He says to the Mahdi, the leader, No. Every nation has a leader of their own. And you are the leader of this nation. And there is no more message after the message of the Prophet Muhammad. It is the final message. I have not come as a new prophet, but I have come as a follower of the last message of Muhammad, peace be upon him. And he is, comes back to be one of the nation from Ummat Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where all his followers had already rejected him. I thank you for listening and I hope I have not been offensive to anyone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.